This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 26 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. And today, today, we have another special guest for you, one of my great college friends, Davis Wallace. We're going to talk about some March Madness. It's March, baby, March basketball. 64 teams are going to play for that elite, elite championship in college basketball. But before we get into that, guys, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, we want to thank you for... Uh, you know, just showing the support, taking your time to listen to this podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you know what to do. Go on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you're listening and just subscribe there. That will help us immensely. And of course, we have to store, store that Statman Sports Podcast. We have t-shirts, we have hats, we have socks, any merchandise you can find, we have it on there. So go ahead and make your orders. Guys, absolutely, we're ready for March, man. I know I am. I know you guys are as well. So let's just join in with this interview that I had with Davis. We talked about a lot of things, statistics, the teams that we think are going to be the dark horses, the teams that are going to absolutely make it. And ultimately, you'll find out who's going to win the championship. So with no further ado, guys, let's just get right into it. Davis Wallace, what's good, bro? Nothing much. Just found out my bracket, Duffus boy. Uh, you know how it is. <laughs> man, back in the day when we were in college, man, I used to fill out like four or five brackets. But now I'm an old man. I just stick with one. It's not that important anymore. I don't know about you. Yeah, same for me. I just fill out one and I'll I'll enter a, a bunch of pools, but I just stay consistent with 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 my one bracket and I just ride it ride or die with that one. Yeah, man, I hear that. Man. But it's a, you know, it's absolutely amazing. March, I always look forward to that. And it's pretty crazy, right? Because I must admit, during all those years in college, some people don't even know this, but I didn't used to watch all games. I only used to pay attention to the last, like, three weeks just to make sure I caught up <laughs> so I know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it's the same now. So it's, it's, it's quite fun, actually, because half of the teams, you don't even know the players on the teams. I don't know about you if you, st- if you remember these guys or you know about them. Here and there. I mean, I haven't watched as much as I wanted to this year, but I, I do know the Cinderella's and the mid-majors. So, like, you hear you hear different names. You'll see highlights now on Twitter. Right, so right. That, that helps. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, and, of course, when we were in college, we didn't have Twitter, Instagram to be updated. So, you remember we had to, like, really sit on the computer, like, for hours and find information. It was, it was, it was an amazing time. But, anyway, enough reminiscing. Davis, the bracket... Your favorite teams, the sleepers, we have a lot to talk about. But I want to start out with this, right? Everybody right now is talking about Zion Williamson, Duke, rightfully so. They're the most talented team, in my opinion, in the tournament. How do you feel about that? Unfortunately, I, I agree. They, they, they do have the, best, the, the, the most talent, the best talent. Four amazing freshmen. Four that will definitely get drafted in the, in the first round. Three for sure will be lottery picks, mm-hmm. and they have a pretty decent road to the Final Four this year. Pretty decent, pretty decent. I think they have the easiest road. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, they're the overall number one seed. You should get the easiest path, but, you know, it's not a given, as we know. We've been watching this tournament a long time, and not everything's a given. So, but this is, this is a... 
a quite interesting bracket this season. You know why? Because I believe for the first time in a long time, I was quite sure of the picks I was making. Because like last year, I was doubting between some of the eight and nine seeds. Like this year, we have what VCU or UFC on the east side bracket. I don't know how you feel about that matchup. It's a nine and the eight bracket. Yeah, for nine and eight, they, they were talking about it yesterday. It's it's uh-huh. literally it's literally fifty fifty. So I mean, half the time eight wins, half the time nine wins. So you just flip a coin for those, right? And, and it's uh, <laughs> you know it was just really interesting, you know, watching ESPN and some other you know channels. I was seeing how they were running back some crazy upsets, and you I've come to realize that most of the upsets happens between the fifth. And the 12th place teams. They said it was about like 17% of the time that's when it happened. But most of us don't really think about that. Because we say, okay, the 5th seed, in this case, if we look on the south bracket, is Wisconsin versus Oregon. You would think, okay, Wisconsin would most likely take care of them. So it's 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 quite interesting how these upsets happen. You just have one bad day and you're going home. Yeah, that, that's the beauty of it. It's just it's a do or die game. So unlike the NBA, where it's a seven game series where you can come back and plan and adjust, this is just just one game. So if if you shoot poorly for a half, that can derail your team. If if one of your star players is in foul trouble, mm-hmm. you, you just got to adjust on the fly, or you're going to be sent home. Absolutely. So of course, Davis, like we talked about, everybody who's listening, they know. I'm sure most of them filled in their brackets. Let's talk about your bracket. So on the east side. Who do you have? Let's quickly go down that list. Who do you have going through first round? First round, I have Duke easily winning. Again, whoever wins the playing game, the 16th seed, there's nowhere they're losing that game. And then I have VCU advancing. I have Same Mississippi, Mississippi State. Same. I have Virginia, Virginia Texans still getting Justin Robinson back. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have Belmont since the Beating Maryland? Beating Maryland. I mean, okay. it's a playing game, so... Whoever wins that matchup between Belmont and Temple, I think they'll they'll win. Then I have okay. Yale advancing since LSU basically lost their coach since the okay. coach won't won't tell the truth or won't really lie. He's just mm-hmm. warm about his violations. So yeah, I, I feel like they're just derailed. I have Louisville winning the Patino Bowl, and then I have Michigan State. Gotcha. Well, you know, quite interesting. Quite interesting. You mentioned on the east side bracket. You're from Maryland. <laughs> I would think automatically you would pick Maryland, but no. I, I see. I see your your logic there. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, that's not really part of it, but it's it's more so just the fact that the 11 seeds they tend to win at least one game. So I'm not sure which 11 seed will win this year, mm-hmm. but it's it's usually one of the play-in games. Yeah, absolutely. So that, Absolutely. Like, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure. If you look, we're going to get to your sub bracket for you to give us your, your prediction quickly. If we see it, the 11 seed, the St. Mary versus Villanova, eh, I don't really see that happening. But then if we move down to the Midwest, we're looking at what Ohio State versus Iowa State. That could be a potential upset. Could be, but we don't know be. that. And then you have ASU versus Buffalo on the west side. Eh, I don't think Buffalo is going to lose that game. Absolutely. But I think the closest one maybe is Ohio State, Iowa State. Yeah, just my opinion. That's just me. But I'm not sure. Because like I said, this year, I think if you really pay too much attention to detail in these brackets, I think you, you go crazy. Like you already know. That's why sometimes I just look at some stats. I pay attention to certain details and I just fill them in quickly. Because I used to fall in that trap. I used to change my picks all the time. 
<laughs> yeah, I never really changed my picks. It was more so just like trying to get all the information I can, even though I, I've seen games, and mm-hmm. then try to formulate some kind of equation. But yeah, this year I, I did it fast, partly for this podcast, so that really helped. And usually around this time, I'm just like, I put like obvious picks. But I just went through and, and did it all without really thinking, without even looking up additional stats. Right. So on the south side, like I go, I'll go my side of the bracket. So and see what you have. I have Virginia, of course, 16 seed. I have Virginia going through. That's a no brainer. Then I have Ole Miss beating Oklahoma. I have Wisconsin I, beating I have Oregon. Oklahoma. Okay, you have Oklahoma. Okay, interesting. I have Kansas I have State beating Irvine. That would, I think, Kansas State is going to dismantle them actually. Then Villanova, St. Mary, I think that's going to be an easy win for them too. Purdue, Old Dominion, that actually that could be an upset potentially be. because of the defensive strategies that Old Dominion has. Most people don't know about them because, of course, many of us don't watch all their games. But I think I ultimately have Purdue going through. And Cincinnati, Iowa, I have Cincinnati going through. And Tennessee, matter of fact, I have Tennessee going all the way to the Final Four. So I yeah, picked them all the way through. All the way through. Yeah, and the most interesting thing that I heard, I didn't even look out the stat, but mm-hmm. in the South region, in, in the South region, there are eight teams that finished top eleven of of their pace, as in they're the basically the slowest teams in the country. Right, so like Wisconsin, they're slow. Virginia, obviously, they play defense, they're slow. Kansas mm-hmm. State is, is slow. St. Mary's is slow. So that region, for common fans, is going to be pretty boring, just because it's going to be a lot of probably 50 to 60 games and fewer possessions, but should be close. Yeah, and then, you know what's interesting on the south side? You know, obviously, because Tennessee's the number two seed, they make sure they doesn't they don't meet with Virginia all the way to maybe, what, Elite Eight, Final Four? Yeah. I think Elite, Elite Eight. eight sweet Elite Eight, right? So, it's, to me, that was the easy side of the bracket. If you're on that side, you will get, you will most likely, if you play good basketball, you'll make it there if you're one of the top seeds, aside from Duke, obviously. Because Duke doesn't have to face anybody till. To win. Virginia Tech, maybe Virginia Tech makes it? Yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16, If like you said, Virginia Tech makes it. But Justin Robinson's back, so they'll be at full strength. And then mm-hmm. Zion, of course, is back. So that should be a good game. They'll, they'll be ready. Virginia Tech yeah. usually has Duke's number during the regular season. Absolutely. But then again, this is not the regular season. <laughs> of course. I mean, we know this tournament, just like the NFL, one and done, man. You have a bad day. Bye-bye. See you later. Davis, I want to move on to the West and the Midwest, man. Who do you have for the West going through? Obviously, from the obvious Gonzaga. <laughs> yeah. Gonzaga, then I have Syracuse winning Same the matchup. Mm-hmm. Murray State, Florida State, Arizona, or St. John's, whoever wins the, the 11. I think they'll, they'll beat Buffalo. A lot of people are high on Buffalo, but again, mm-hmm. I still like 11 seeds. Texas Tech, Nevada, and Michigan. Michigan. And on the Midwest, who you got? Of course, we got UNC. We got that UNC. going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roy Williams, he doesn't lose first-round games ever. So th- that won't be an issue. Then I have Washington beating Utah, primarily for, for matchups. I guess that's a little biased since UNC will have problems with Utah State. Right. So hopefully Washington could, could do away with them. Then I have Auburn winning their game, Kansas, mm-hmm. Iowa mm-hmm. State. But I could see Ohio State winning Houston. But I could see Georgia State, but... I figure Houston will win, Wofford, and then Kentucky. Right, absolutely, man. I, I have The only difference I have in my bracket is I have Utah State actually winning. And like you said, that was my concern as well. Cause Utah State, they are very stingy, especially when they play that zone defense. My gosh, I don't want to see those guys. 
whatsoever as a UNC fan. But of course, as a stat man, I just have to see it as it is. If you look at that matchup between the eight and nine, Washington has a better defense. BPI ranked Utah State is higher. And both of them were 15 and 3 in their conferences. And Utah State scores more points per game than Washington. So that that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it, it will be just because Washington plays that 2-3 defense that Syracuse is known for. So if you're mm-hmm. not used to that, like in a, in a conference or, or play them scheduling, it could throw you off. Especially if you're... If you're not a shooting team, I know primarily with Utah State, they get a lot of their points inside. They have mismatch problems for for smaller teams. Right. So, you know, aside from the obvious picks that we have, and I think most people have, I think 98% of the country has Gonzaga going through, North Carolina. We have Kentucky going through. We have Michigan going through. Who else? They have Duke, Virginia, uh, Michigan State, and Tennessee, right? I, before we started, you know, you know, aside from when we started recording, I mentioned to you Kansas. And some people have the same opinion as you. You think Kansas is garbage, right? But I have a completely different opinion on that. Because I actually have them in my bracket beating Auburn, if, if obviously, if Auburn makes it through. And the reason I say this is because Kansas has been dominating their conference, obviously. By definition, they had the toughest schedule in college basketball. And... Most of the time, that translates to more focus, more determination come tournament time. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I, I disagree with that just because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's Kansas for one. I mean, they had, I feel like they had a good schedule, not the toughest. I mean, they did beat Michigan State their first game. They beat mm-hmm. Tennessee. They beat Villanova. But compared to, like, North Carolina, per se, North Carolina played all the number one seeds. And yeah, Yes, they did. And they only lost to Virginia just because it was just one game. But going back to Kansas, I mean, they still did well in their conference despite being out with three starters this year. I mean, Vic had um, some family issues, so he was probably their best shooter this year. They ha- And their, the Sosa was one of their, their big men that was, you know, pretty productive with just doing the dirty work scoring inside a little bit but putbacks and defense rebounding block block shots right so potentially kansas could go far i just don't see see it happening this year i feel like auburn's gonna take them out especially after watching the sec championship game and auburn was just shooting the lights out but i mean as you know like you live with three you die with die by the three and that's what auburn does and, absolutely i mean they won their game against against tennessee by 20 points yeah i just got- all they did was just 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 jack up the shots yeah, I just got to blame the Golden State Warriors for that previous statement you made. I mean, everybody's watching TV. That's all you do. Shoot threes. You live by it, you die by it. But I have this interesting st- statistic, right? Dedrick Lawson's averaging 19.1 and 10.3 rebounds per game, right? And this is a, a actual fact that's interesting. Since 2011, the number four seeds are 12 and 5 versus number five seeds, okay? That's quite a change from 2003 to 2010 when the number four seeds just won four of 16 meetings. That's quite interesting because most people... As we know, we don't watch college during the entire year. And you would think, okay, I'll pick my bracket. The number four seed is a safe bet. But as we can see here, it's not always a safe bet. You know? And But I just went with, with Kansas because I think, okay, they, they will they will take care of business. But I might be wrong. To, to, to a certain extent. I mean, it's the committee did them a, a great favor by putting them in the Midwest region. Just mm-hmm. because as, if they do get past Auburn, then... 
they'll they'll play potentially North Carolina in Kansas City, so practically a home game, which I mean it's bogus in itself that usually anytime they do play Carolina in the tournament, it's in Kansas City or, or close enough to it. <laughs> Of course, of course. And, you know, speaking of which, I think I went ahead of myself by saying Kansas. And explaining everything I explained, that's just me picking them as a dark horse. Who do you have as your dark horses, rather? I have Kansas, and I also have Houston. And Houston's on the same side as Kentucky. And speaking of that as well, before you answer that, Kentucky, John Calipari, he's been complaining for how many years now? A hundred? That he's always getting the harder side of the bracket? So what's going on there, Davis? Tell me. Tell, Tell us. What's going on? See, the, the thing is about, like, this bracket this year, I feel like it's fairly even throughout. I mean, that granted, that's before games start, but I don't see any bracket that, or any region that's significantly weaker than the other or one that's significantly stronger. But, yeah, I mean, the Midwest, they, they more have tradition with UNC, Kansas, and Kentucky. That's more Blue Bloods. And then with Gonzaga, like, their recent success, Michigan, their fairly recent success. And then right. you, still, you still have Duke and Michigan State in the East. They're probably a top ahead of everyone else. And of course, Virginia is, is this the year that they can do it? Or even Tennessee is this the year that they can do it in the South. But for a dark horse, I wouldn't say I have one per se, unless you maybe Michigan, I have them losing in the, in the title game. Okay. Granted, granted they are, they are a two seed, but yeah, like in my elite eight, I have one, I have all ones and two. So pretty chalk just with Duke, Michigan state, Gonzaga, Michigan, mm-hmm. Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Yeah, but same here. Same here. I got that too. I, I, I guess you can say Yale. I have them in the Sweet Sixteen. Wow. Okay. That's that's a very very bold prediction. I I tend just because I'm filling in, in one bracket, I tend not to be that bold. I'm just like, eh, I just keep it to the safe route. <laughs> but I agree with you. I have Duke, Michigan State, Virginia, and Tennessee. You know, pretty much ones and twos. But. On one side, I have Florida State making it all the way to the Elite Eight. That's what I have there, Florida State, because I think they, they're pretty solid. I've probably seen one or two games of them, and they have their strategy well in place, especially offensively. So I think they can make it. But the fact is, Kansas, I have them by default losing to North Carolina. They have to, just because I'm a North Carolina fan, and I just couldn't live with myself picking Kansas over North Carolina. I'll do myself a disservice. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be able to handle that if North Carolina loses to Kansas again. That that would mean War Williams is 0-4 against his, his former <laughs> right. team if that happens. So hopefully that if if it were a year to for that curse to to be broken, it, it would be this year. Granted, <laughs> right. if Kansas doesn't make it that far. Absolutely. So of course, of course when, when you think about the dark horses, you also think about the, the teams that... Ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Those teams that... Uh, how can I explain this? A dark horse, make you, you, can, you can make it for them potentially win, but also there are those teams who can give other teams matchup problems. Where do you see in any of these regions a team that's specifically going to give multiple teams a, a hard time? They might not beat them, but just give them a hard time. Well, I guess going back to what you said, Florida State, I can definitely see that. Just because they're they're big, they're long, they're they're deep as well. Just they they run about ten, eleven players. Mm-hmm. And the thing about them, they're like I guess you can say Terrence Mann is probably their best or well known player. Right. But most games he's not even their leading scorer, so they they have 
bench production that is one of the one that was one of the best in the ACC. So their leading scorer, it, it could be anyone off the bench. It it could be any any one of their, their starting lineups. And just the fact like they they all play defense. They play hard for Leonard Hamilton. They're they're able to create shots and and make tough shots as well. So I can feel I I can definitely see them giving Gonzaga fits and mm-hmm. Florida State. Florida State did make the Elite Eight last year, and they barely lost to Michigan. So I'm I'm sure that they they have that fire in them to potentially meet up with them and make it to the Final Four. And most people said like Florida State has been underrated this year, especially since they're they're playing in the ACC. And mm-hmm, ACC, mm-hmm. the ACC was it was pretty much top top heavy just because Carolina went 16 and two, Virginia went 16 and two, Duke went. 14-4. So when you have those type of records, when when someone goes nine and nine or, or ten and eight, the the country will, will be like, well, they're 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 mediocre. But I mean, a lot of that is just like they just got beat up. And Florida State, like they had Duke on the brinks in January. They sure and, did. And then I mean, they just they they collapsed at the last second, and then that sent them in a, a mini spiral. But but they they have have come back since then. And then also for, I guess, a team that can give someone fits, I still think Villanova just because of their recent success. I mean, I know they haven't had a, a great season for for their standards. I mean, they, they still won the, the Big East tournament. And they're, they're a sixth seed and in a winnable South region. They can get past Tennessee. If it, but I can also see them losing to St. Mary, so it's it's one of those things this year. Like I, I can see, it's like it's it's either one way or the other. Like you you can either get all your predictions right for the Final Four, or you can go over four. That's mm-hmm. that's definitely how, how how I feel. Even though I have I have Tennessee, Carolina, Michigan, and Duke in, in my Final Four. Right. I I feel fairly confident with that, but I can also see it being Virginia, Kentucky, Gonzaga, and Michigan State. Who, yeah, who I have them losing to. So it's, it's just one of those things. I think it's all or nothing this year. I mean, that does, those are very interesting takes and very good points that you made. And, and you know, while saying that, it it made me think about Murray State, Ja Morant. Interesting. That was his most amazing name, Ja. <laughs> you know, yeah. from the Caribbean, when you, when you hear Ja, you're just like, yeah, that dude must be nice. And he actually is nice. Ja Morant, he is a 20. He's averaging, what, 25 points a game, 24.6 points a game, and 10 assists a game. And aside from Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, you could think he was a top three NBA pick with those type of numbers. And right now, his team is on an 11-game winning streak, and they're actually one of the highest-scoring teams in the tournament. They're averaging like 83 points a game. Granted, now, in the tournament, you might not score that many points. Just because of less possessions, better defensive strategies, teams are going to focus in on the best player. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but I'm excited to see this man go off. I want to see him drop like a 40-bomb. That's what I want yeah. to see. Yeah, that, that that would be great, and especially with his first matchup against Marquette. That, that's basically John Romant Romant mm-hmm. versus Marcus Howard, which I guess for to compare it with with NBA players, that's probably like a, a poor man's version of Westbrook versus D Rose back in the day, essentially with with those type of guard play. Right. So I mean that that matchup will be exciting and great, but it's just a shame that one of those teams will have to lose. But whoever wins that game, like they they could go on that. Some people say like that Kemba run. I know you remember in 2011 when Kemba just went crazy with that UConn team. My when gosh, he was, just, he was averaging what 
20 to 30 in the Big East tournament, and then they had to win the Big East tournament just to make it to the NCAA tournament. Man. He, he went on that ridiculous run with the help of that UConn man, defense. Man, Davis, you got me reminiscing, man. I know I'm probably going off topic, but listeners, I don't know how how old some of you are, but please go YouTube Campbell Walker in the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. Just go, just just type in Campbell Walker crossover. That's all you need to type, and you'll see what he did in that Big East tournament. You remember that, David, that crossover? Homeboy oh, yeah. fell on his face. <laughs> he yeah, hit he, that he game was, winner. He, he looked like a giraffe. Oh, my goodness gracious, man. But moving on, Davis. You know, everybody's talking about it, and we just have to talk about it whether we like it or not. Zion Williamson, we know the impact he's had during the regular season. You, I don't remember what coach it was versus who they were playing, but they asked the coach, do you want to face Duke in a tournament? This man was like, face Zion Williamson. I don't want no part of that. As a coach, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, that just lets me know I'm defeated already. I didn't even play a game. I don't know how you feel about Zion and what Duke is going to do. My personal opinion, I believe that they are, like I said at the beginning, the most talented team. But talent doesn't always translate into Ws. In the regular season, it works because you only play people, what? You play them once, you probably don't play them again. North Carolina, you face them twice a season. You face relative good competition, but one man, I don't believe, can carry a team especially in a tournament in a tournament like this all the way to the championship what do you think i mean again like potentially he could go on a, a kemba run especially mm-hmm. since duke they do play above average defense or, or you could you can even say great defense c- compared to last year but the the main flaw with duke is their lack of three-point shooting and you could even say like their their crunch time free throw shooting as well but again, like with RJ Barrett, like he, he's a scorer. He needs the ball in his hands. And then Cam Reddish, he's, he's really hot and cold. He's not as consistent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so like I know Zion is great. I at, at this point I'm I'm beyond exhausted just with, with all the coverage of him. But like that's why I said like they they have a, a great path to to the final four. And especially since it's in Minneapolis in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and the the last two times the final four was was in Minnesota, Duke ended up winning it all. So if, if you want to be superstitious and use those type of theories while filling out the bracket, that that would be a good a good reason. But at the same time, they are freshmen, they're inexperienced. What's going to happen when the crowd is clearly rooting for the underdog, even if that's Virginia Tech, or even if they match up with Yale, or if they play Michigan State? What what are they going to do like on a in the half court, if Zion's in foul trouble, if, right? If, if if Barrett isn't shooting well, and they just they, they can't make a, a, an open shot, right? And I think this tournament, like, is something I was thinking about for years. I think tournament like these is when you can really tell the 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 players who who will become good players and great players. Like Anthony Davis didn't struggle when he was with uh, with Kentucky. He didn't struggle whatsoever during the tournament they played. But at the same time, you have to remember as well. He had John Calipari. He has a great coach. He's a system. When you have a coach that can keep you calm, Duke, of course, they have Shashevsky. But at the same time, they're still freshmen. Free throws go in during the regular season. Just ask LeBron James. Ask him. He can hit him in the regular season, but then playoff time, he misses them inexplicably. At the same time, what are they going to do? When Zion game is tight, they're gonna put him on the free throw line. RJ Barry, are you gonna make? Are you gonna make your free throws? Cam Reddish, are you gonna make your three pointers? So it's all for us to see. But I personally, as a UNC fan, look, I love basketball in general, and I believe I just really want to see Zion dunk on somebody from the free throw line. That's all I want to see, just once. 
That's it. After he do that, they can lose. And hopefully in the first round. <laughs> but we know that's not going to happen. It's so. it's not, but I, I wouldn't mind if that happened whatsoever. Exactly, man. But Davis, um, statistics, man. We know this tournament is all about stats. And it's all about stats. But again, it's not really about stats because stats are really thrown out the window in a tournament like this. But you have some interesting stats for us. What are these stats you want to share with us? Well, since I, I know you like numbers, so I'd say since 1985, and that's when the tournament expanded from mm-hmm. 32 to 64 teams. Schools from the ACC, Atlantic Coast Conference, they have the highest winning percentage, which is at 66%. Sheesh. So that's probably that's one major one that stuck out to me before I, I, I did research for this. And I already knew, like, going in to, to fill out my bracket, I was going to pick a lot of ACC teams to just do well just because I feel like that's the best conference and they've seen all types of, of offenses, kind of defenses, all types of players. Like they have NBA players on, on Duke or they have players on Clemson that one or two might get into the, the G League. So if, if there's just so many teams. and Yeah, so practically you're saying they're well-prepared. They're just well-prepared the, teams. They are. And then also since the seeding began in 1979, North Carolina has been seeded number one 17 times which is more than any other school and they've played in 20 final fours so it's a relatively safe pick to at least put north Carolina in the final four i mean i might sound biased with that but at the same time i mean numbers hey numbers don't lie. don't lie man so don't don't be ashamed numbers don't lie it's all right and what, and then what? Also, mm-hmm, go ahead yeah i was, I was also going to say my advice when filling out a brackets is to look at recent history or trends, look at teams who have been winning or at least like won their conference tournament. They tend to do well or at least make make it win a, win a couple of games, make it to the Sweet 16. So like I said before, there's going to be at least one 11 seed that's, that's going to win their, their first round matchup. And since the expanded and... 2015 to 68 teams which i still don't understand why they expanded to 68 mm-hmm. that exactly one team from the first four which games start tomorrow but that doesn't really count or the games on wednesday don't count to me either they've advanced to the second round each year since 2011 wow. and the most interesting thing about that is that the team that the 11th seed that won on wednesday they've advanced more often than not it's only been one time where the, the team that played on Wednesday didn't advance. So, in case you're wondering, the, the games on Wednesday is between Arizona State and St. John's. So, potentially, I know they're playing Buffalo, and that seems to be everyone's hot pick right now. Yep. But they can potentially win that, or they should win that game, and then potentially make it to the Sweet 16. Well, there you have it, man. I, I think, uh, man, those statistics are crazy, man. I didn't even know North Carolina was that successful for that many seasons consecutively. 17 number one seeds. And everyone's, you know, and it's crazy because everyone's on Duke's bandwagon just because of Mike Krzyzewski. That guy, he has, a great, he has a great team all the time. He has the most talent. But North Carolina has been the most consistent. And the number says that, obviously. But, of course, guys, Davis, he gave you some advice upon how filling in your bracket if you want some advice from me if you want to know how i fill in my brackets i look at numbers like i usually do with everything else i fill them in but i always go with my gut instinct 
And a lot of times I'm right. A lot of times I'm right. But just like David outlined for us, just like I'm sure some of you have seen on TV, not all the time these predictions go through regardless of seeding because this tournament brings out the best from everybody because you don't want to go home on your first try. And that's how it is, man. Davis, anything else you want to add to the to the tournament? Something else we need to know about what, what do you think? Advice? If people are still filling in their last-minute brackets? I guess at, at the same time with, with everything we said, I mean, it might just be best to just completely just not listen to us and just pick opposites, really. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it is a crapshoot. I, I do have North Carolina winning. Just because I felt like this team is good enough to win. Like, they're they're not in the hardest region. There should be some tough matchups. I think a uh, matchup with Auburn would be really tough, especially if they're shooting the lights out. A rematch against Kentucky would be really tough as well since they're big inside and they play great defense. Absolutely. And then I do have Michigan State losing again in the championship game. Even, even though I know that happened last year, it doesn't happen too often. But it did happen to the Fab Five, ninety-one, ninety-two. So sometimes history does repeat itself. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Chris Weber. Should have never called that timeout, sir. Exactly. That's all, <laughs> that's all I got to say. I'm sorry, Chris. If you if you're listening to this, my bad, bro. Well, I'm not, man, come on, dude. <laughs> anyway, I have Gonzaga, North Carolina, Tennessee. We said this about the Elite Eight, but in my final four, I have Duke versus Gonzaga, unfortunately, and I have Virginia. Against Kentucky. Sorry, Davis. I'm a Carolina fan too, but I really, really, I, I just think Kentucky's just too good defensively. And I don't think we can keep up for 40 minutes. So They, they are good. I I really did like Kentucky, especially when like when I saw like they, they were finally getting their stride between December and February, early February. Right. I don't know. It's just, I feel like at the end of the day, usually my, my tiebreaker is coaching, and I feel like Calipari can, tends to melt under pressure. Right. And North Carolina, they've just been there before. They're more experienced and have been through those type of game situations. And then I know you said Gonzaga. Like, I was going back and forth between Gonzaga and Michigan. Like, I know Gonzaga is good. Mm-hmm. But they, ha- they haven't played a competitive game in, in a long since time Dece- since December. I mean, granted, I know they're, they're technically the only team that's being Duke at full strength. But... I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I still lean Michigan. And I wanted to pick Michigan State over Duke. But at the end of the day, Coach K just, he, he knows how to outcoach Izzo this time yeah, of year. Yeah, he, he, he knows it. He has all the experience, man. Davis, you know what it is. We finally talked about all these things, statistics, help people fill in their bracket. But at the end of the day, who you got winning it all? I have North Carolina over Michigan winning it all. All right, I got Virginia so, versus Duke, even though it sucked for me to say that. But hey. That's how I have it in this bracket. So, guys, I hope you got some insights, some statistics we threw at you, filling in the bracket, man. It's fun. March is always one of the greatest months in sports history. And if if this is your first time experiencing this tournament, trust me, you will never, ever forget all the things that you will see. Davis, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again, man, and I hope we can do this soon once again. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for the invite. Of course. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you guys later. Ah, that was the end of episode number 26. Once again, Davis, thank you for your time. I hope you guys receive great insight in how to fill in your bracket. I hope if your team is in a tournament that you enjoy some wins and ultimately win it all. 
But before I let you guys go, next week, episode 27, we have sports anchor from ESPN, none other than Jay Harris. Go on our Instagram page, our Facebook page, on Twitter. You can follow me at Boy on Facebook, Instagram, Statman Sports Podcast for periodic updates, guys. So keep up, and I'll see you for episode number 27. But for right now, Statman, signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.